Welcome to Freshly Based. On today's show, we're going to talk about the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas. False flag or full incompetence? Then we're going to be talking about negative experiences and side effects from cannabis. Then we're going to jump into nostalgia overload as we talk about our favorite 16-bit video games. And finally, the Clinton body count plus two as authorities find body of Ashley Haynes and Mark Middleton. Two high-ranking Clinton associates both found dead with electrical cords tied to their bodies. What in the actual fuck? Let's get into it. Thank God Donald Trump, a Hulkamaniac! When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. People covered in these trucks, as you can see, people just milling up. You gotta take a stand, it don't have to hide. A nurse is vaccinated, but just minutes later, this happened. Who's Back to Freshly Based. This is your host. My name is Joey D. And I am joined here today by my friends and your favorites. Shannon Nana. Yo, this be Frank. No pro tip for today. Just get it fucking done. My pro tip, this is Brandon, is don't get shot. And this is again Joey D here. And I actually have the pro tip for the day. <clears throat> when it comes down to it, you got to pull the skin back and clean really good under the helmet. You know what I find That's under a, the skin, it's Joey? a huge turnoff when you don't do You know that. what I find under the skin? I find FreshlyBased.com, where you can use code FRESHFOREVER for 15% off every day. And see, what we just did there is what the Democrats do every time, is they take a tragedy and they turn it into a way for themselves to profit and to move their agenda forward. So right there, we told you about how to remove schmegma from your helmet. And we turn that tragedy. That's not a way to start a podcast. That's fucking crazy. That's disgusting. But you, we turned that into a pitch to go buy merch. But seriously, if you want to support us, that is the way to do it. So starting off, you know, um, I know that we're joking around and being crazy because that's what we do. Um, this tragedy in Texas is fucking crazy. And what a shame that, you know, 19 children lost their lives, two teachers, and this kid, that fucking Ramos, I believe his last name is, um, this fucking kid um, is a real yeah, piece it of was, shit. It was Salvador Ramos. Or so Ramos, yeah. Salvador Ramos. So You had a bright future and selling cocaine, Salvador. What did you do? This fucking turd was known as a bully at his school. And um, so he wasn't like a picked on, marginalized kid. He was a fucking bully. And he would get frustrated because he was fucking picking on people. And this is coming from one of his peers at his school um, who the news interviewed and was not fucking happy when he just laid the truth down on them that, you know, no, this fucking psychopath is no victim here. Um, you know, his piece of shit parents who are making excuses for why he did this. Um, you know, you can kind of see the, the building of this fucking psycho. But the kid from his school was saying that he killed animals and tortured them. And all sorts of fucking, you know, shit that's congruent with people who, who you know, commit this type of violence. Um, you know, the craziest thing was in 2018, this kid fucking got popped for planning to shoot his school up. So, 
you know, it's it's fucking really crazy that who somebody that who obviously is didn't he shoot his grandmother? Yeah, he did shoot his grandmother. So like, there's a there's a lot to unpack here, right? And I think one of the first things you know that you can tackle is the response. So let's 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 just say that let's let's not even take the the killer's background into account, right? But the police supposedly waited outside for approximately 40 minutes outside, you know, and they were detaining parents that were trying to go inside and and save their children. One mother actually broke away from the police, got in the school and got her two kids out. Wow. Pretty brave. So, um, but the police were detaining. They detained a father. They like actually threw him on the ground. There was one cop whose finger was right on the, the trigger of his stun gun, ready to shoot somebody. So tase him. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they're all back the blue. And, and while I do think there's and, good police officers, like, um, what I mean, the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? Which aspect? <laughs> the response time or the, the parents? Why would you wait outside for 40 minutes while as children far, are getting as slaughtered? As, as far as the parents, I can understand, like, well, we don't want more people running into an area where people are getting shot. I can understand it from that point of view, from like a, a crisis control. But if there if was, you're not sending a task force in there to shoot the guy, then that's you're whether you're not you're doing half the job, you failed. Like you failed the job. Yeah, what are they doing? Just letting it run its course? No like half that's point. Not how you know the situation been handled. You know, they should have been in there looking to solve it. You have so all the, the body. parents aren't. You know, having to do that. The, yeah, the reason the, the parents armor. wanted to get in was because the police were they, doing nothing. They weren't yeah. exactly. They, they were standing good. there, fucking just. And this this brings up, I think, a more insidious point. You know, false flag attacks are real. Like it is a confirmed thing in declassified FBI and CIA documents that our government perpetrates crimes and makes people commit crimes or encourages them to to push narratives for certain you know geopolitical movements and agendas. Um, We've committed false flag attacks in other countries. It's it's fucking insane. Um, who gave them the order to not go in and save children who are getting fucking massacred by a lunatic? Like they, just, they had just done an active shooter drill yeah. two months prior. I was reading, like two months prior to that, they were doing an active shooter drill at the school. Well, and then there was also I mean, was, earlier there was a report of active shooter and the. Uh, the report of the active shooter was like in the same area, in the same vicinity. And then the other strange part was that one of the teachers had left the, had propped one of the doors open just after hearing that there was an active shooter and that they were supposed to lock down. The, the, the school was supposed to be in lockdown prior to anybody even coming in there. And one of the doors was propped open. What, what's up with that? I mean, that's how they're saying, you know, he was able to enter. But, you know, I mean, take the, you know, speculation of another power involved, or I guess it comes in where, you know, what did then take them so long to respond, right? At least if things are lining up from what we're looking at, you know, two, three minutes after he entered the school, police officers were there following him, and they were met with gunfire, but still for another you know, 45 minutes, he was able to take other lives so is this kid just like reenacting his gt 
A5 online experience. Rambo broke into the school. You know, getting after it. I I mean, he shot his grandmother on the way there. Also, wasn't his social media prior to, um, like, wasn't there, like, still shots of him and a gun? Well, like Joey said, he got arrested in 2018 for fucking... Threatening to shoot (laughs) up his school. He's plotting to shoot his school up. You know, and how do you get all this money? How do you get the? Well, that's the thing. So they found him with two Daniels AR rifles. You know, which total around you know three thousand, three hundred, five hundred dollars, depending where you're purchasing them from. He had that on him at the time. Two, yeah, the two rifles. He had personal optic and brand new, brand spanking new, like brand new, um, professional optics, ammo, mags. You know, totaling around like two thousand dollars of that. And then he, for some reason, had a seventy thousand dollar brand new truck. And this is why false flag is what comes to mind when I think about this. And, you know, it's funny when it's a white person that commits this type of crime, it's a white supremacy hate crime. But in this instance, now we need to take away the guns and we're not even really too focused on the perp and, and, you know, their, their sickness. But where, where did this broke kid living at his grandmother's house get all this money, if not from some higher source? FBI, CIA, somebody fucking giving him, you know, these assets to do this. And when you look at immediately, they had collateral ready for pulling the guns. It was a few days before Trump is going to go speak at an NRA rally. Um, there's a lot of cogs here that seem to to fit together. Um, and it stinks to high heaven, in my opinion. Like the the fact that the cops stood down like that, it's it's. A, I could, I could if see that's a, incompetence, that's terrifying. But B, if that was coming from somewhere else, that's even more fucking crazy to wrap your head around. And knowing that there's been other false flag attacks in this country, um, it's it's really unnerving. Like the 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 pace that this is all moving at. Yeah, I, I mean, could see at least the funding. Like, and just for me, I don't know. I can just see like if you know you're gonna die and try and take people with you, you could open a bunch of credit cards. You can get approved in a day. <laughs> and you're not, I mean, what are you going to do, pay it back? I mean, I could tell you this. I've been on the planet for a little bit, and uh, I've never been given a credit card to where I could purchase that much new stuff. True. Uh, and then and also get a $70,000. Like, I, I have a nice job, and I can't get a $70,000 <laughs> brand new car. You can't buy a car with credit. Yes. Yeah, so, you bought it? You can't buy a car with credit. It oh. has to be cash check. Or you know, it's... It's just very bizarre that he, you know, would have access to, like, the professional optics. It's it's too perfect. Like, if it was, like, his grandma's old shotgun or something, like, like, but it's all, like, pro gear. He had fucking body armor. Like, there's a certain echelon of, of, of access to the, and how would he pass a background check? Yeah, that's the thing. Where is he, where does he get the weapons, right? If, if he does, if there's no record of him. Purchasing these firearms, right? Where were they then obtained from? Right? I, I think it might have something to do with the people who told the police not to, to send to go in for 40 minutes. Um, it seems like they wanted this tragedy to happen so that way they could push this fucking craziness in the news cycle. Because think about it, like the, you have the people at Davos right now or Davos, however you pronounce it, um, the, the NWO All-Stars. You have um, the CEO of Pfizer saying they're trying to depopulate the fucking planet by 50%. Um, you have like Bill Gates saying crazy shit, like um, the difference between us, Australia, and other countries that had COVID camps and stuff like that. 
is that we have weapons. We have a means to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. That's what the Second Amendment's all about. Um, this gun grab, you know, if you think about if the deep state's worried about getting pulled down and going down in, in flames, um, the one thing that they could do to hedge their bets is make us not armed. We have no way to defend ourselves. Um, so they found out that through COVID and all this, we eventually all, you know, most of us woke up and now we see that for what it was. We should have never locked down our businesses. We should have never, you know, destroyed our economy the way we did, you know, fearing for something that we've come to learn is a flu. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, they say another pandemic's coming. They're pushing this monkey pox shit. Um, the deep state, I think, is throwing everything they can at disarming us and locking us down again. You have midterms coming up. You have Trump is 96% on all of his people that he picked um, as far as like these uh, primaries, these elections that are going on right now. So they see that the MAGA base is really building up. It's not the old school GOP fucking establishment Republicans. So, you know, what a great way, you know, Trump speaking at the NRA in a couple days. It just all seems too perfect a storm with midterms coming up and everything, you know, and the the world leaders meeting at Davos to fucking talk about how they're going to, again, usher in this 2030 agenda, this new world order and have us, you know, with digital ID and all this shit. I know it's a lot to unpack, everybody, but, you know, that's 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 what I see just, you know, from, you know, looking at it from like all the different things that are kind of like in play right now. Yeah. Well, you look at that woman in West Virginia who uh, stopped that shooter. A guy was, she fired. was armed. A guy was, yeah, a guy was firing into a crowd with a rifle. She was armed and skilled. And that's the other thing is, you know, why aren't, more people armed and skilled. So, the, so obviously the solution is to put West Virginians in every school. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, it. I mean, that's you good. know, that that's a great point that you guys bring up is, you know, you have the fucking crazy uh, emotional left and even these rhino Republicans wanting to put gun control measures in place. And it's like, you know, we have armed guards in TSA and all this shit and in other places, you know, guarding the fucking politicians. Everyone has security <laughs> and, and it's, security has guns. Why, why don't our children? skilled marksmen. It's not a reduction in, in gun control or distribution. It's better documentation and background checks of and delivery of those, right? Because otherwise we'd be able to, you know track this stuff down or, or make sure somebody passes it back. But that becomes invasive. Then, That's that again, you're giving the government power. I don't think giving the government power never helps anything. I, I, I would, I would say that that's well, going they had, towards they the had security at the school. They had a school resource officer and, but that dude, a one resource officer versus a few armed ex veterans or something like you know what I mean. Like, there's or even taking some the teachers. I would not and, give a teacher any any teacher I've ever met a firearm. No offense, but you know, like I think for <laughs> a lot of student of, gets a hold of that firearm. I think for a lot of these things that get politicized, it's like I've seen there's kids bigger than teachers. There's no one answer. There's no one answer that will ever please everybody, and that's why and nothing ever in happens. A, in a perfect world, you wouldn't need guns, of course, but we don't live in a perfect world. You know, like I, I think armed security is the way that you fix shit or homeschool your kids. <laughs> 
Fucking security officer gets shot. Homeschool your kids if you can, but like again, inflation makes that shit fucking nearly impossible for everybody. It's, it's, it's fucking scary where we're at as a country. Like you know. So why do you think there's so many? I mean, you said the deep state, of course. I mean, are there any you think that aren't false flag? Of course, no, dude. There's random acts of violence. That's absolutely. That's yeah. That's like I'm not. I'm not on the same level as like Donut Factory or Alex Jones, where I feel like every. Like, I don't think the fucking black dude driving the SUV well, no, to the people at like, the Christmas parade was an MK Ultra thing. Do you guys feel like the U.S. has more violent incidences like this than compared to other countries? Well, I think we go through more psychological fucking programming and weirdness than other countries. Our military I mean, China? More than Russia? Mm, yeah. I've never There's seen no, the, bro, not never, even. never seen the news in China. All I could say is that things like this, unfortunately, and other acts of violence happen all the time. It's just when they're specifically talked about, what other elements are specific to this scenario that are then elevated, time frame, blah, blah, blah. You know, certain ones are blown up, and then other ones you never hear about. Well, here's the thing. the different characters? The, The end game for the Chinese government is subservience. For what our government's trying to do, they're trying to make people act fucking crazy so they could bring down more measures to take away weapons and to take away rights from people. China already has their weapons taken away, so they're at a different point in the culling process. Mm-hmm. So so China already, they just need subservience. They need people to be cool and be down with the system. In the U.S., you know, they, they need to create more chaos and more gun violence and more you know insanity so they can justify taking away our rights to weapons and to defend ourselves because they'll be like there's too much crazy there's too much violence and that's you know once the guns go away that's how you get your mouths your hitlers your stalins and all that shit so you know i feel like being able to arm yourself it's it's about the tyrannical government it's 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 about protecting your family you know and one of the things that you're is unavoidable in nature and for humans is Violence, unfortunately, animals are violent. They do violent, crazy shit. But for these kids, they they could have been protected by armed security. This could have I been. I don't know if you can say that with certainty. If they had some, if you had the security at every entrance point to the school, every security guard I've met, they're not going to stand there. If one of their if one of them gets shot, they're not standing there shooting back even more. Ex veterans, I would I would make the the barrier to get in. A bit different law enforcement, where they're they're actually like not a security guy. Not right. well, I'm we not saw talking. law enforcement's. We saw law enforcement's response too. So now I don't even know. Well, that well yeah. that makes a but better that, case for that, having weapons yeah. and then having armed teachers, or homeschooling your kids, or homeschooling your kids. Oh no, some teachers. You know, like I, I think well, that we're not talking about arming all of the teachers yeah, and not, certainly not teachers that don't know how or, it, or would not learn how to handle a. We had a ex-military firearm. teachers at we're my school about, and shit. Yeah, like, we're talking about people who would volunteer and say absolutely. Or if they, you know, if there, there would be a course uh, for, you know, certification that they yeah. were they were able to handle themselves, not just their firearm, but in. You know, they, they have active shooter simulations and, and firearms courses currently. As long as those people want to be there and they prove to be skilled enough to to be there, then, you know, more power to them. Yeah, there'd have to be some sort of, you know, program, you know, for the call to arms, right? You're not just going to drive by with a mail cart in the morning and just passing out, you know, nine millimeters. 
to teach right. right? Right. That's not that's not how it's gonna go, right? There's gotta be you know, e- even teachers Bra- or like breaking said, case ex- of mass shooter. Training and decorum. Yeah, yeah. and that's gonna get if have to get baked in. If a school can have an ROTC, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like how much does the school designated shooter get for money? I mean that's a pretty risky job for thirty five years. I'm sure the taxpayers would put a few K on ahead. <laughs> if you if you fucking killed a guy that was about to kill your kids, I'm sure that you'd be down to fucking every kill poop. gets incentivized. You know, like fucking I mean some of the some of the uh you know policemen that are outside, you know, parked in the middle of the street with their lights on directing traffic just when school is out, right? You know? There's crossing guards there too, right? And I understand that can help. What about in between the time when, you know, school starts and they have to help with the crosswalk, they can be a part of the the school security. That's, I mean, that's definitely a viable resource that you could look towards. Hopefully there's shootings between crosswalk hours. I I think one of the things too that like kind of gets lost in the sauce, because like as you can see from our conversation, it could become very circular talking about this. And I think it's, because we're we're pruning leaves from a bigger tree. Um, the the way that I look at it is this is really like a mental health and like spiritual and moral problem too. Like this is a kid that didn't have a relationship with his father really, didn't have any sort of like church or spirituality, any moral grounding, and um obviously had mental problems, right? Yeah, and it's always been mental health related. And that's where I think like we get so lost, like a gun's a tool. At the end of the day, you can make whatever argument, what's an assault rifle, all this shit. It's a tool. You know, I've 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 never seen a responsible gun owner not be responsible. You know what I mean? And they shouldn't no one should have to like, you know, if you believe in women's rights, you know, if you know a woman that was a rape victim, go ask them if they wish they had a loaded fucking firearm on them when they were getting raped. I'm sure you'd get a pretty positive response. 100% yes on that. That is that is empowering women to protect themselves and equalize male attackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the thing is the, the mental health aspect of it and also like spiritual health too. Like it's no matter like what faith that you you take or anything but some sort of like moral grounding of what's right and wrong like to to where you feel personally accountable you know like for a lot of people faith helps in that way well i I said this to my friend the other day we were talking about it when it just happened because of course it was like he was like to hear about the shooting i was like which one the buffalo one too well there's, there's two things i'll say one and then the other i was like it's so hard for us to talk about this type of stuff because it's like we can't even fathom the decision making that goes into someone's head of I'm going to go shoot some children like whether it's you know whether even they were paid by the government thought made to think it's a better call whatever the reason was it's like I can't fathom any of the decision making there so it's like I don't even know what would stop that person from doing that but um the second thing I was going to say is you mentioned the grandma got killed the last it's like there's a a a high percentage of pattern between mass shooters and killing their like parent, like female parent. It was like 65% of mass shooters, like kill some sort of female relative before going on their, their shooting spree or whatever, something. 
It's very strange. Like the Buffalo shooter killed his grandma too. That's a very strange. Phenomenon. Could be an MK Ultra thing. Kill your grandma and then go shoot up the fucking bowling alley or something like. Like MK Ultra is something that you could actually like go look up, like DuckDuckGo Brave Browser, um, you know, to the audience, and you could like it's a, it's a real thing where the government, specifically the CIA, was giving people acid and other fucking mind altering substances, and brainwashing them and giving them trigger words and trigger phrases to do you know full to like do and commit like these these actions and shit like that it's it's fucking super bizarre and uh some people have theorized that like ted kaczynski the unabomber and uh uh mcveigh the dude that blew up the oklahoma the hospital in oklahoma like uh, the oklahoma city bomber that was his big thing like um, like that, like that dude was an MK ultra. Dude. And again, I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just saying that that's something that people have attributed to like the MK ultra, like mind experiments and stuff like that. So, I mean, when you think about the CIA and the FBI, like the, the foundation of those organizations was created on the bones of the SS and like the Nazis fucking science regime and like NASA too. So, like it's, um, you had some, some minds that, uh, Ed? You had some minds that push science and what's acceptable in in research um, to extreme limits. Like when you think about like uh, the Nazis actually provide well in a terrible way through their terrible experiments. It's really fucked up. They provided the world, the medical world, with tons of information. Yep, and I, we only know some things are toxic because of them. It, it's kind of like a Full Metal Alchemist. It's like science to a level where it's like. You're playing God in in ways, and it's uh, like the chimeras and shit are trying to bring back the dead. Like, there's a point where you go too far. Only Alphonse was at Uvalde. Yeah, well, Alphonse is on a whole nother level. But I I think at the end of the day, you know, anytime that human life, innocent life is lost, especially children, it's absolutely tragic. And, you know... The mental health side, we used to have loony bins. We used to have a place to put people that... Thanks, Reagan. Yeah, right? Fucking... There's some There's some things that are worth spending the fucking money on. Um, and I think we're seeing the fruits of, you know, having now a generation that, uh, you know, has kind of just been able to go completely off the deep end to where people are referring to themselves as demon self, clown self, zimzer, like, like fucking things are crazy. Painter. Like, people are not in check there's there's like we there's people that you know people used to be eccentric but still kind of be part of a, a consciousness that was shared and now it's like people live in completely different worlds on the same planet existing in the same place in real time so you know it's it's fucking crazy but it's so sad when when fucking children got to be the pawn, whether it was a government false flag or somebody with a mental illness, when children and innocent life has to be, you know, fucking a pawn in somebody's it's always the fucked catalyst. up bullshit. It's all fun and games till someone gets hurt, right? Like, you know, just like I wish I wish people could just leave fucking children out of it. It's like go like if, if you're going to go off the deep end. And again, I'm not saying like fucking, you know, like but like. You know, why children? That's the thing that, that gets me, like, is, you know, fuck you. Fuck you for, you know, victimizing in it. Like, you know, like, if you're pissed at fucking people, go be pissed at fucking adults. Oh. Like, to, to hurt children, and especially, like, little, like, people that don't have a chance to defend themselves, like, 
there, there's fucking hell's too good for you, you know. So prayers and love to all the families that that lost somebody. You know, I mean that sincerely. Like it's it's absolutely terrible, and and all of the shootings. Like any you know, anytime people are being shitty to each other, it fucking sucks. And um, this is the worst of it. Is is when children have to die because of a maniac, the government's fucking crazy parents. It it just sucks, man. And this is the happy part of the podcast. This is actually like the the fun happy part. <laughs> like so sorry sorry to be a little dour everybody, but it's just like it's one of those things where there's no easy answers. There's there's no there's no winner in this. There's no there's no silver lining. It's just fucking terrible. Like whether it was a maniac or the fucking false flag, you know, obviously the cops taking 40 minutes or longer, there's a higher power something, something told them not to go in there. So something fucky's definitely at play. And, and this. So, uh, that, that reminds me of something I saw the other day on r slash unresolved mysteries. It says, eight months ago, the Sandy Hook shooter Adam Lanza's YouTube channel was uncovered and deleted by YouTube. In his, video, he intri- in his videos, he intricately explains his motive, which to this day officially remains unsolved, quote-unquote. And, dude, they, the FBI received a tip about him from one of his online friends. And they just, like, ignored it. And then, apparently, in one of his videos, he was, like, responding to a comment someone made that said, like, you're really weird and you want to, like, He's like, you give really weird rapey vibes. And the guy says, you're the one who wants to rape children. I'm the one who wants to save them from a life of suffering you want to impose on them. You see them as your property, and I want to free them. I don't want to see children as adults. I don't want to see anyone as adults because I don't want there to be a system that perpetuates this abuse. If you care so much about the damage of children, why advocate that they live? Holy shit. (laughs) You want to talk about crazy to another level. His videos have been re-uploaded, even though his his channel was deleted. That's insane. He went by the he went by the online name Cultural Philistine, and his video like videos of him talking and videos of him in like in person talking just line up like you can tell it's him. Wow. I still I don't know you know I don't know what to say about Sandy Hook. I'm not gonna say anything about that, but that's fucking crazy. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll I'll leave I'll leave this topic on this, and then I'll shut my big fat stupid mouth. So, Hegelian dialectic. So that is basically problem, action, solution, and you never let a crisis go to waste. So in politics and in governance, a Hegelian dialectic is you create a problem or let a problem happen. And then you come in with the solution, which the solution is always more government, more control, more of us being able to dictate what you can do. And incrementalism is a form of slowly introducing the Hegelian dialectic. If you think about nine 11 and then the invention of the TSA and how it's become normal now, Like now it's just when you go for now people, it's become normal to stick a fucking swab into their brain and wear masks like um, slowly and incrementally. They will take your rights. They will gaslight you into believing bullshit. Um, And it's something that the Rockefellers talked openly about. You know, they're part of like the Bilderberg and that whole NWO click with the Rothschilds and all that shit. 
So the Hegelian dialectic, to Brandon's point, talking about that story, the FBI let that happen. So if the FBI lets shit like that happen, I doesn't fucking surprise me at all if they also encourage or influence people to do similar things, and that is bone chilling. If you want to stop future school shooters, I have some advice from Bender and Futurama. Have you ever tried simply turning off the TV, sitting down with your children, and hitting them? While he's holding a gun and smoking a cigar in this picture. While he says that. I would say not to take parenting advice from a robot, especially one with a drinking problem. And, you know, here at Freshly Based, you could always count on commentary that comes from a place of craziness and insanity and again we're just crazy you know regular old people on the internet talking about some shit that we're not experts about but you know at the end of the day these far from experts (laughs) this you know this is the world we live in and I, i you know these are conversations that i feel like some people are afraid to explore so you know that's that's why you know, we'll we'll talk about this shit and, you know, you got to fucking joke around. You got to laugh about shit. Otherwise, it's a fucking tragedy all the time. So, you know, moving on from that, you know. It's all very strange and more is probably to be revealed. But, uh, yeah. But God bless those kids and those teachers and fucking fuck people who do violent shit like that. I think that's a message that we could all get down to. I can stand behind that. So, oh man, like, wh- just why couldn't somebody like that be like, I'm gonna go into a room full of pedophiles and shoot a bunch of pedophiles? Like, you never hear cool mass murders he like said that. Earlier, armed guards. There you go. Like fucking, like like crazy people out there listening. Uh, I'm I'm talking to you. That guy that's sitting in the corner of his parents' basement, putting on black lipstick, and where it's going like over your <laughs> lips, and you just keep putting it on, and you're listening to the Cure, and you're like, everything's fucking bullshit. I gotta kill them all. They're all pigs. You, that guy right there, listening to this podcast, like target pedophiles. Leave everybody else alone. Okay, fucking in Minecraft. <laughs> so in Minecraft, see. So all right. <laughs> so let's move on. From from the shootings and from Murder instructing crazy people. That was Joey talking, by the way. No, it wasn't. That was uh that was uh Claude uh Arsenal. Claude Table. Claude Arsenal. So fucking um so the negative effects of cannabis consumption, I think, was the next thing we wanted to talk about. I think that's and perfect. so if you go back to the first section of this podcast, what a perfect you can kind of see the negative effects of cannabis, which is you could take something that's linear and turn it into a scribble of thoughts and and points. And I, although I think we did touch on some really interesting things that you have to consider about that shooting. The cool thing about cannabis is that if your regular uh, thoughts are like a regular straw, then your stone thoughts are like a crazy straw. <laughs> you get to the same place, but sometimes you take a twisty, windy road. I like that. That's 
Very well put. Somewhere between profound and stupid. It's kind of like Boomhauer when he does Dust of the Wind. You know, man, it's like Bone Duck, you know, no old friends, man. It don't make it's like Rube on <laughs> Dust of the Wind, man. You don't even know, man. It's like a butterfly flying his wings. It's like know? Rube on uh, Major League. Too. Yeah. Speaking of negative effects of cannabis. <laughs> so I want to go around the horn. Um, Shanna, let's start with you. Oh, no. What's the worst experience you've had with cannabis? You've been quiet this episode. I'm very quiet because I'm currently enjoying cannabis. So <laughs> this is not a, this is not one of those times. We'll chalk that into the negatives. Uh, we don't. <laughs> Usually she has radio voice. <laughs> so what is the question? <laughs> <laughs> Marijuana affects your memory. What's the worst experience you've had with cannabis? I I don't know. Um, that's I don't know. I can't think of anything off the can, bat. Can you combine another mm. element with cannabis uh, for this story? No. As far as alcohol, that's like no, much? Oh. no, not that's alcohol. like another herb. It's apples to oranges, bro. Apples don't taste the same if you eat oranges with them. I don't understand <laughs> the question. So. <laughs> So you never like smoked weed and got like paranoid and like Did fucking you ever smoke like a bug. I got lost in a hedge maze. Not good. So that's <gasps> very real. You got lost in a Can hedge. Can you please maze? tell us about this? Yeah, I want to know there? about that. I wanna... I'm still there in my head. Shit. Yes, I have never, never. Left. Daddy. Okay. Yeah, daddy. Uh, no, we had the great idea of you know taking the half day off from school and going to a hedge maze and. It's a great know, idea. Sometimes you don't pay attention and. <laughs> So that could be grouped maybe with a little bit of panic there too, but then you have to implement logic, right? And you learn very well. Just make enough lefts and you'll get out of there. Or rights. I don't know which one it was, but it was one of those. I think it was rights. I don't know enough to dispute you, so yeah. If you're in a maze, just keep turning right and you'll eventually get out. So first and foremost, where do you find a hedge maze? I've been alive for 40 years. Where is there a hedge maze? Uh, There was one at this remote location. Um, back when 18th Street in Boca was a dirt road. Okay. So this is a place lost to time. Lost to time, not still standing. This is a, this is a. It, it was taken over by uh, artisan donut shops and tanning booths. Yes. It is now a dandy donuts. <laughs> oh my God. Or du- duck donuts. <laughs> Our donuts have the slime on them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, edibles is a different story there, right? That affects everybody differently. Um, there's come a point, me personally, where I can't do edibles anymore. But when, when I could, they were a blast, right? You you just got to be prepared to hang out for a good few hours and throw on a good video game and, and relax. And hey, bro, golden. you better buckle up if you're going to go to sixth gear. Yeah. Fair enough. I think the worst experience I've ever had with cannabis is running out of it. That is a bad experience. (laughs) That is a bad experience. I also think another bad experience with cannabis is also dealing with drug dealer time. So drug dealer time, for those of you who don't know, is this paradoxical anomaly that happens when all drug dealers don't use the Gregorian calendar or the normal 24-hour clock. It works like this. Hey, what's up, fam? Yo, bro, what's good? Black fist pound. And then you go, okay, when can we hook up? I need the regular. I'll see you in an hour. 
At the time that you get that text, it is 2 p.m. 11.30. Five hours elapse. Ten text messages sent to the plug. And then you get a knock at the door two hours later after that. Yo, bro, sorry. I had to take my sister's dog for a walk and shit. I, I lost my flip-flop in a bush, and and then uh, I, I had to go change my cousin's tire and shit. Why didn't you pick up your phone? I left my phone at home, dog. And like, oh, okay. And it, w- it would be like, you know, no big deal if that was like a once in, in you know. You just said something. But that's something that happens all the time to where it's like, you know, your concept of an hour is way different than mine. I go by that clock that's on the wall and you must use it. No, dog, I use a sundial, dog. You know what I mean? I keep it old school, old, old school, fucking prehistoric shit, dog. This is that fucking brontosaurus cush, son. But he has like the sundial like on his watch, like as it yeah. pops up. So it's completely inaccurate all the time because he's always getting a different shadow. I was thinking, shadow. I was thinking Flavor Flav, like it's on his neck. And he's just like, it never has shadow. <laughs> never. It's just always covered. It's just always like the bottom half of it is just covered. Is just shadow. Makes you wonder if like cave people ever celebrated 420 with the sundial. Oh, oh, you know they did something when that sun came through Stonehenge. You know they were having a fucking party. <laughs> yeah, they were doing something over there. A blorgy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Brandon, do you have a worst experience with cannabis? Like something like terrible that's ever how like the it could be like the most fucked up you've ever been or like you know, like I got pulled over when I was, you know, a young buck and that was a bad time with cannabis because I didn't know there was any in my car. I a friend stashed a pipe behind my seat and shit. So like anything like that? Um I mean more so just like I've had anxiety with edibles before where it's like not many more. I haven't. This is when I was still a young pup, I guess. But, um, <laughs> young pup. um, no, I got like super anxious off some edibles. I made one time homemade, of course, cause yeah, efficient. But, uh, I have a funny story I heard today, actually not me, but my brother-in-law was telling me about a time him and one of his best friends were driving back from Mexico into Texas and it wasn't even Mexico. It was, they were just driving through Texas, and he was moving, and then his friend was going to get married. So they're on the way to the wedding. He's going to move to his new place, all this stuff. And they're driving, and, like, they're coming up on uh, a roadblock of some sort, and they're like, oh, man, what's going on there? And he's like, oh, you know, it's probably a DUI checkpoint or something, just driving through. And they're, And he's like, my brother was like, no, man, they have, like, dogs and stuff. That looks like a drug checkpoint. And he goes, well, and his friend goes, well, it's okay. We don't, like, have any drugs, right? And he's just like, well, uh... <laughs> and he had, like, a packed one-hitter and, like, a nug in a dugout. And they pull up to the checkpoint, and the guy was just like... Guy comes up, big officer goes, do you guys have any drugs in the car? And one of the dogs just jumps up on the fucking... Like, it was in his pocket, like, in his shirt or something. And the dog just jumps up on the window and just starts going crazy. And they're like, sir, you just got to step out of the vehicle. And they had him get out. They All the dogs are jumping through the car and stuff. And they're looking for everything. And they're like, take them inside. They take them away into the building. And they have them up against a wall, apparently. And they're, like, patting them down and looking for stuff. And he said it was this huge black police, like, border officer or whatever, like, DA officer. 
and he like reaches into his pocket, finds the dugout, takes out the one hitter and looks at it and it's loaded and he's like, Unbelievable. <laughs> and apparently he turns to my brother in law and he goes, What the fuck did you think was gonna happen here today? And the guy was he's just like, What the hell? Like, oh my god, he's like, I'm gonna get arrested. I can't we're not gonna go to the wedding and like my my fiance is gonna break up. He's like, all this stuff's about to happen. The guy's like scared. He's like, yeah, I'm really fucking scared. And he's like, good, get your shit and get out. And they let him fucking go. They didn't find any other drug because he didn't have any other drugs in the car. They, he was honest and everything. And like, I was, you know, it's it's crazy. But they gotta make you know they gotta make an example. They gotta fucking. I mean, I don't think over weed it's smart, but. If, you know, if, if guys are shipping crack or something, it's like, you got to make an example. Serious shit. Yeah, you got the lucky. The worst part of weed is getting arrested for it. That's the only, that's the only way weed will ruin your life. Yeah, I agree true. with that. That's, that's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. So that's one of the things that gets me about the back the blue thing. It's like, yeah, there's good cops. I get it. You know, and I, I do believe that, but... They also are the same people that put so many nonviolent offenders behind bars and shit like that. And prosecute me, daddy. Follow, <laughs> you know, yeah. following unconstitutional orders. It's fucking crazy. What a crazy time to be alive. You know, it's it's so hard to trust in any institutions nowadays, like any of them. It's it's really just a gamble. But you know, I worst cannabis experience. So. I don't think I've had like a bad experience myself. I'd say like the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done is we took a five gallon water bucket and we turned it into a gravity bong and we put it in a pool and we had like a fucking bit in it to where you could, it's like a hookah bowl. So like you could put about an eighth in it and we milked this thing until it was like fucking yellow and you swim up under it and then you go inside and take a breath and then swim back out. And I went up under it, I breathed in, but then I breathed out while I was still in there, which made me like hyperventilate. Then I went down into water and then I just like Hulk smashed the fucking gravity bomb out of the water. I just needed air. And then I was like, and then I just started like puking lung butter into my friend's pool. And because it was phlegm, it was just floating on the top of this beautiful, pristine, nice fucking pool. And he's like, what the fuck? And it was like, it was like all of like the smoking to that point of my life had caught up with my lungs. And it was this one gigantic, like pint sized loogie that was just sitting in my lungs, just waiting to come out. So it was like this one continuous like oil. So it was like the Exxon Valdez came out of my fucking lungs into this kid's pool. Um, I couldn't like catch a breath because like my lungs were like fucking completely oh, like compressed. Yeah. And I was like, bah, bah, and they're like, what the fuck? So they're pissed about the pool and the gravity bong. And I'm just like, I need to live like fucking, <laughs> you know, trying to like get out of the pool. And so like I came out like, and it was just like so fucked. And like we'd done big gravity bongs with five gallons before we did one inside of a washing machine. That was our like the go-to in Gainesville. We had it in this closet and you'd open it up and the washing machine, we'd fill it with water and then fucking you take a rip and then we drain the fucking washing machine. It was great. Like fuck, we had such a good time with it, but mm, soap and chlorine fumes and the, my weed. the fucking, but, we, I, but that's what you do when you're younger, man. <laughs> we, there wasn't all dude. There, like you run it a cycle first, right? And then you do your smoke session if, and you run it a cycle after with nothing in it. These are back in the days up. when like, if you got weed that didn't have season it, right. It was like, 
whoa, bro, this smells like fruit or something. <laughs> like fucking like like it was like brick like brickweed to get yourself stoned after a while. You'd have to do some harsh shit. It's kind of like why people start fucking using a needle to do heroin. It's like snorting. It ain't doing anything anymore. <laughs> I gotta I gotta fucking dart that in my arm. So it's like the gravity bong is that for weed. It's like bro, I smoked like eight blunts and I don't feel anything. You want to do a gravity bong? What's that? It's like you'll get high again. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. let's do that. Some people. Say, we'll say that's what the dabs are for because then that's just a whole nother level right there yeah well that's that's caviar that's what i'm saying like brandon brandon grew up in a time where like things that were already involved so advanced My past worst weed was probably people's best weed yes if your worst weed was probably the weed when i was like 15 16 that i was like whoa like dude an ounce of fucking like crip like fuck it was what they called any good but like crippy was like fucking like 400 dollars, 350 dollars an ounce and like it was not easy to get it was always like the guy that sold coke had that shit and you have to like sit in his weird house and there's like oh haitian girls God. and fucking laundry everywhere and you're like fucking you're like i'm not supposed to be here and it's like you like knives, dog? And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, those are cool. Like, yeah, these are my knives. Check my knives. Don't touch them. Look at them. And you're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You like you like video games? Don't touch my video games. How yeah. much you want? Yeah, it's in here down there. Fucking, uh, like, another, like, let's see, like, do you have any, Franklin? Like, I shared mine. Anything else? Like any other fucking like whack times or anything? Oh, I just was thinking about video games because that's <laughs> what I like to do when when I get a little toasty sometimes. Like, so I wasn't thinking of the bad times anymore. One of the one of the questions bad that we had on here is: Have you ever seen anyone freak out after smoking or eating edibles? One of the weirdest times in my entire life was I was starting to play with this like this group of dudes. They wanted to form like a metalcore band. And I'm not really into metalcore music, but like I just wanted to play. And this kid, Paul, was the drummer. And Paul seemed like an all put together, like, you know, guy and seemed all right. And we hung out a couple times and had no fucking weirdness. But we never smoked or anything together. It was like we hung out like after practice for a little bit, like an hour or two. And like just like talked and shit, had a beer. Um, So one day he comes over my house and we're hanging out in my room. And he's like, oh, that's weed. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, can I can I hit it? I'm like, yeah, because, like, I'd smoke weed with, you know, hundreds, hundreds of people at this point. Like, you know, I was playing in a band. And mm-hmm. I, I smoked weed in fucking all different parts of the state and Georgia and stuff. You know, like, so uh, I'd never seen anyone freak out from getting stoned. And this kid takes this bong hit and he, like, sits back and he just starts laughing. He goes, ha, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> awesome. And he starts laughing harder. Ha, 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 and then he starts hysterically crying. And then he starts punching my wall. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, why'd he kill himself? Why'd he fucking kill himself? And I'm like, oh, no, dude. And I'm like, and he's like, my best friend killed himself. My best friend killed himself. And I'm like, uh, like, I don't know how to handle this. So I'm like, dude, you need to chill out. And he's like, he's like, he killed himself. And he started, like, fucking acting all crazy. So, like, I end up wrestling with him and, like, choke him till he's, like, on my bed. And he starts whimpering. He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. And like, so my dad's like, what the fuck are you people doing in my house? And I'm like, I hear him. From, and I'm like, I got to get this guy out of here. So I drag him by his fucking back of his head, walk him through my house. My dad's like, who that? I'm like, it's Paul. He's leaving. And, like, go out the front door. 
I put him in his car. I'm like, you're going to sleep here in your super until you stop acting like a crazy person. He's like, he killed himself. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about. But I'm very sorry. But you can't act like a fucking crazy person in my house. And he's like, he killed himself. I'm like, Paul, I'm going to punch you in the fucking head. I'm like, just close your eyes for a bit or something. And, dude, he sat out there for, like, five hours. And then he, like, kept calling my phone. And he's like, I'm real sorry. I'm real sorry. I'm just so fucking sad. I'm like, bro, like, I had to, like, shut my phone off. It was so weird. I never said. And then after that, like, fucking, I didn't get a call to go jam with the band. And I'm like, oh, I got broken up with because this guy fucking lost his mind. It was really bizarre. That's very bizarre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I can top that. Uh, absolutely. And I had one friend. I don't know if you guys have ever had the pleasure of smoking Mr. Nice Guy. Which was this fucking K2 spice type of like fake weed that used to be around in the early 2000s in the gas stations. And it's Mr. Nice Guy was supposed to be like really strong. Like it was like very strong. Uh, JWH18 is the chemical that they would spray on it. And my friend at the time, you know, he's a stoner. He's born in the 70s. So he's like, I've, I smoke, bro. Like I, I, there's nothing you're going to give me from a gas station that's going to put me on my ass. And so dude grabs the pipe and he fucking takes a huge rip and he holds it in and he fucking exhales. He goes, oh, this tastes like shit. And he's sitting back and then he's like laying on our friend's couch and I go out back because like I, I took like little tiny tokes of it and was like, you know, he definitely makes you feel like psychedelic. And I just wanted to like go shoot hoops in my friend's backyard well, this dude's on the couch, and we kind of realize, like, he's not he's not here, and it's been, like, we've been outside for, like, an hour. I go back inside, and I go, what's fucking, what's what's Brett doing on the couch? And this dude's on the couch, going, <laughs> and we're like, what's up, dude? He goes, ha, ha, and he sits up. He's like, the Indians, and we're like, what Indians? He's like, Bro, he's like, I went into like a K-hole or something and all I heard was Indian chanting and they told me I had to be a better person. We're like, what? And like, he's like, dude, he's like, I got visited by native spirits. We're like, you're never smoking that shit again, dude. And he's like, and he's like, please don't fucking let me smoke that shit again. He's like, I never want to trip like that from smoking something. I'm like, oh, but you smoke. He's like, no, not that. He's like, I don't want none of that. So I was never into any of the. Uh. Legal highs, I guess. I was a tester for Mr. Nice Guy. So the guy would come with the four. He would come with just the powder that they would turn into a spray that they'd put on the fucking, uh, like the fucking opium lettuce that they sprayed onto. And fucking, uh, you put a little bit of that on like a cigarette. And then you'd smoke like a hit of it. And then you'd have a panic attack. And be like, that's oh, too strong. God. And then he'd come with like another version of it. And like, that's pretty good. And like fucking... It was weird, man. Test chemicals were like a big thing in early 2000s in South Florida. Like 2CI, 2CB, 2CE. like Because you could get them from like a fucking chemistry uh, website delivered to your house. And then you fucking like, you know, five micrograms inside of a capsule. Yeah, every, everybody had them. So it was like, it was it was strange times, man. Like fucking, that, it was... Uh, it was almost like they gave you a prescription of that with your Ritalin. Yeah, right? Like That's how prevalent it was. People were really experimenting with their fucking chemistry in South Florida at that time. And, you know, 
it's uh i guess to close on like cannabis experiences you know maybe not the most robust telling of tales of of negative experiences i guess it's, that maybe speaks to it's a tough one to haven't had really many negative experiences i think that speaks to how awesome cannabis is because i get to tell you a lot of drinking fucking times that i've i've had bad times how smart our usage was too yeah that can be a whole other episode yeah you know what drinking. maybe next episode we'll go with drinking stories um, you know, if anything, like one of the things we advocate for is for, you know, common sense cannabis reform, which is to basically leave it the fuck alone and keep it a free market. But, um, you know, it's, it's pretty innocuous that dude, Paul obviously had some unresolved fucking emotional issues and shit. And I, you know, from, from meeting so many people in my life, playing music and being out and about, I've met a whole lot of shades of crazy. <laughs> so you know, I, I may tend to have more bizarre stories, but cannabis is is, is pretty innocuous and pretty great. And for a lot of people, it's uh, it's a great way to just unwind and contemplate and get into a nice uh, headspace. One shit. of my favorite things to do when I'm in that headspace, and I think B. Frank brought this up before, is fire up the sticks and get into some video games. And the nostalgia bug has bit me lately because I've been playing this game, Tunic. You guys familiar with Tunic? Yeah, we watched the speedrun here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've played quite a few hours in it. So you're probably the most seasoned at the table. We've we've played, I'd say, for like maybe in total like five hours, but yeah, not total, getting very not far. Really, no. Mo- mostly dying. Like it's more like clapping mostly with one dying. hand, but it's the music's great. Um, so far, like, where are you at in the game, and like, what's the vibe that you get from it? Well, I mean, the the art's done very well. Uh, the approach I've took taken to it was just go in, um, you know, go in blind, right, and kind of learn things and figure it out. And, you know, you kind of build a manual, right? You find out that there's three colored gems you have to collect. You have to go through different landscapes, different types of enemies, fire different weapons. So it definitely has that, uh, you know, Zelda type of feel. Um, very well done artistic-wise. Like I said, you're a cute little fox. And um, the animations and creatures are very, very well done. Would recommend. Yeah, it's stunning when you start the game, you're just like, on an island you're knocked out you don't know what's going on there's an indecipherable language so everything's kind of a mystery um you know and it's it's very heavily based on like 16-bit legend of zelda um link to the past what what are some of your guys favorite video games from that era because like when i think about video games and nostalgia and like the the time period like i i grew up with genesis and super nintendo as my third gen console i started with an atari 2600 got an nes and then i went into the 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 16-bit era but the 16-bit era was when i was like old enough to really know and and love and understand video games you know i'd say like from the ages of like eight to like 14 that was like the main shit um what are some games that that give you guys the warm and fuzzies from from those eras i mean you already called it out a link to the past i mean that was top on my list so that's a phenomenal video game easy for me what about that game like you know i know most people listening probably have played that game but like what about that game like got you like i I could tell tell you like you know my angle because that's like my like one of my all-time favorites. I mean, you know, back then, yeah, they still made game guides and stuff, but it wasn't like, oh, follow this tutorial online or anything. Like that was back in the day where you're like, you're just gonna go out and explore, 
And you're going to figure it out. You're going to be like, oh, shit, I can't move this rock right now. I'll come back here later. Let me go boop, 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 boop. You know, you go into a lake, tunnel, whatever. Oh, cool. I use logic. I got some, you know, different type of gauntlet, right? Maybe I can do something with it. You know, like that type of progression, um, I think, is what I found valuable at that time in, in those in those types of games. I thought the idea of having a dark world and a light world was really cool. I thought it was a very inventive way to use the the space on like they wanted to do a second quest and they said, well, fuck that. What if we what if we make a first quest to where. What if we have like a first quest to where you're um, going through like the light world, you know, it's it's kind of. Similar in some ways to the classic map, but it's definitely different. And it's the first time, you know, Zelda 2 had towns, but it's the first time in the top town Zelda where there's actually like a town and like people to talk to and to to like, you know, have some other branching story paths and stuff like that. But the Dark World was cool because they were able to, instead of building a new map, put an overlay over the existing one. And it has its own vibe, its own feel, but it's like also similar to the light world. It's it was just really inventive. Well, it was functional too, right? Because you could only use your grappling hook, I think, in certain areas for light and dark world on the mountain, right? So you could access different places during different. So that was a great use of that. Yeah, and it's it, chronologically every item you get allows you to explore more of the map. So sort of that point when you get the hook shot. More of the map opens up when you get the magic mirror and you can teleport between worlds. It it was just really inventive. I'd say my favorite 16-bit game of all time is Illusion of Gaia, which was um, part of the Soul Blazer series. So there was Soul Blazer, and then there was Illusion of Gaia, and then Terra Enigma. And they were an action role-playing game, kind of like Zelda, but it was a Square Enix game. So you have basically the guys that make Final Fantasy doing a Legend of Zelda game. And um, I like that it used real world places and the ending took place in the Tower of Babel. Um, so it kind of like brought some like weird mythology to it. It was all about ancient history and like aliens and shit. Um, and they had some scenes in it that were like, you know, that Final Fantasy cutscene type of shit where um, like you're stranded on a raft go like in the ocean and you actually have to like play through it and it's time where you have to spend like like almost an hour on this boat and there's all this dialogue that happens while you're doing it you have to catch fish you have to cook them eat like and i just like it was far more involved than than link to the past and to go to those real world like you go to like the inca ruins um you know you go to peru um fucking egypt the great wall of china um Basically, their version of, like, Atlantis. There's, like, this underground fucking, like, it's it's pretty fucking wild. So, the action's good. You you transform between a young boy that has a flute and, like, psychokinetic powers. And then you go into this other realm and you become, like, a knight. And you have, like, this fucking gigantic sword and can shoot fucking beams out of it and shit. It's just, like, the perfect fodder for a kid of that age that which, was into those which games. Which game is this again? This is Gaia? Illusion of Gaia on uh, Super Nintendo okay. or Illusion of Time on Super Famicom. That's that's my number one. I remember like, that being like, very visually stimulating. Yeah, every year I play that game and I complete it. I, I do a run through. It's like clockwork. It's just. I didn't play too many video games. I I I don't know how much I can really speak to this. So. Uh, my favorite game, Mega Man X. 
Mega Man X is a fucking classic. Mic drop. Don't need to explain. <laughs> Very nice choice. <laughs> Mega Man X added so much to the formula. Like going to get the power ups was like one of the, like I remember the first time I played that game. You know, nine years old, and having played Mega Man's one through four, and you know those were incredibly difficult and frustrating games for for a young boy, right? Um, Mega Man X kind of like gave you some equalizers with like, you know, you had the dash boots, you had the upgraded armor, the upgraded uh, shot, and then you can get the Hadouken, mm-hmm. um, where you do the same motion as the Hadouken because it's a Capcom game, just like uh, Street Fighter. So those one shot bosses. So there's yeah. like some really to get cool the Hadouken. You have to get every power up from every level. You have to have every, you have to have beaten every enemy. You have to have all your sub tanks maxed out health. You have to have. Uh, all the armor upgrades and everything you can get. And then you have to go to Armored Armadillo's stage. And then you have to have exactly six lives. And then when you jump over this cliff right before the last boss room, there's another upgrade point right above it. And he gives you the Hadouken. The one shot kills everything. But you have to have full health to use it. It's one of the coolest fucking things in like an Easter egg that's usable. In the second one, they gave you the Soryuken. Oh, the the the, the punch. Yeah, the Phoenix uppercut or whatever. It that's is. fucking awesome. Who's your favorite uh, robot master in that game? Dragon Punch. Mega Man X One. Yeah. Uh, my favorite robot master. Mm, that's a tough one. The chameleon was my favorite. The chameleon. He was such a dick hanging yeah. from the fucking. He disappeared. Once you get the once you get um the arm the boomerang shot, you can get him pretty easily. Well, all of them. I'm just saying, like for like design and like his like pattern and stuff. I loved uh, cool. Storm Eagle. Oh, because he just... was kind of like a eagle version of Mega Man. He had his own arm gun. He had wings. He could shoot tornadoes. He had a gigantic battleship. And we know what I loved about Mega Man X. It was so cool. Is that Depending what levels you beat, and if you beat a certain level before you play at a different level, you'll see that what you did in a previous level affects the gameplay in the next one. So, like, one of the stages is, um, like, a, a, a foundry, right? They're smelting metals, and they're literally dropping enemies you fought down to this conveyor belt nice. and dropping them into lava and melting them. And if you beat a uh, chill penguin stage before you play that level... All the, all the lava is now frozen over, and you can access things you couldn't access before. Yep. If you beat Storm Eagle's stage before you play Spark Mandrill, it, it turns out that when you beat Spark, um, Storm Eagle, his ship fell on Mandrill's power plant. And it's cool because there's a map. Like, you can toggle to a map section rather than the typical uh, uh, you know, enemy select screen. And you'll see that on the map, his ship was right above where the other guy's base was. So they, they connect a lot of it. And the, well, the point was that in Mandrill stage, there's a lot of electricity hazards. When If you beat Storm Eagle stage and the ship falls down, it falls on the guy's base, and you play that level, there's no electricity hazards. Interesting. It was cool. That was like, there's Because you'd, like, you'd see like parts of the broken ship in the back, but if you didn't beat that level yet and you played the other level, there's electricity. It's pretty wicked game design. I can tell was you that often that a game? difficult part of the... What of the game is that that boss? Well, it just it, I mean, which one? The one I like? No, no, no. Like if you if you were to go after Spark Mandrill before Storm Eagle, yeah, it'd like, be difficult. You know, people are usually like, oh, this fucking. Map it didn't is change atrocious. the yeah. It didn't change the boss 
uh, routine, but it did change the map routine. It's okay, like cool. Parts, there'd be little like electricity things running down the floor. It's like, shit. Um, make my next. Fuck Sigma. Hate That's that guy. Neat. They definitely built a lot more complex systems, I feel, back in the day. Now it's just reskin the, the, stuff. Well, there was attention to detail. It wasn't like, yeah. well, oh, if the product doesn't work, we'll just update it and post. Now it's like, oh, like, oh, back then it was like, oh, our product doesn't work. Now we're out of business. Like, <laughs> like you didn't you have look, a chance to just fix it. Look at the Street Fighter logos, right? They're actually, you know, aggressive text and highlight mm-hmm. colors. And then you look, Call of Duty. Just white letters on a black background, you know, space out a little bit. Simple, easy. Simple. So, what's your favorite beef, Frank? Oh, uh, I was I was gonna say with uh, Legend of Zelda for yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's what that's what I was thinking right away when we were talking about Tunic. I mean, there's just a lot of memories, you know, gotcha. nostalgia from that. So that one rings true. I mean, it doesn't really count as a Super Nintendo game, but. The Mario Bros. All-Stars pack, where you had that Super Mario great. World, Super Mario 3, you had Super Mario Bros. 2, you had Bros. 2, The Lost Levels, which was the actual Japanese version that they didn't release in the U.S., and then uh, they had the first one. Yeah, that, that was, was a classic. That was how I experienced it. Uh, Mario. I had all the games on one. Nice. Consolidation. There's nothing wrong with that. You could save. One of the things that Shanna brought up the other day and why I'm kind of shocked that she didn't have anything to say was <laughs> um, Shanna was one of the very few privileged young people in West Virginia to have Sega Channel. Uh, so for those who don't know, Sega Channel was a peripheral uh, device that you would get from the cable company. Cable company, yeah. Every month you'd have access through the internet to play 50 games on Their your Sega. Their advertising was... Brutal. It was like getting raped by neon colors <laughs> and by dudes yelling, go ask your parents. I, oh, it was bad. It, it was, was fucking brutal. very intense advertising. It reminds but, me of like hotel Nintendo 64 controllers. You'd stay at a hotel and they would have like yeah. a controller hooked up to yeah. the TV. Yep. Yep. For sure, dude. Like it, it's crazy because Sega Channel was so fucking ahead of its time because really Xbox was. is literally Sega Channel. You have the Game Pass. And you go on there, and there's a bunch of games for you to play. And it was the same thing. For $15 a month, month, you had access to 50 fucking games. And they weren't shit games. Like, it was Comic Zone, all the fucking Sonics, Golden Axe. Everything like would come out. Alter it was Beast. on there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Debatably not shitty games. <laughs> NBA Jam. Which, again, that's, you know what? I got to give it up to the sports games. 16-Bit Era had some really good sports games. Um, NHL 94 is the the greatest Sega fucking sports game of all time. The old school Madden's Madden 95 on SNES was fantastic. It was. Um, Super Tennis on Super Nintendo. Um, There is Super Golf, which is another great game. So um, sports games, definitely. There was a Mega Man soccer game for Super Nintendo. So, no, they had it in the U.S. Oh, yeah. And I rented it from Blockbuster a few times. It was fun. It, was not a, it wasn't a terrible game. One of the coolest 16-bit games, and, and, and unless anybody wants to interject any more sauce into this, um, there was a, a franchise called Mutant League, and it was made by EA Sports, and it was basically they reskinned NHL and, and Madden with, like, monsters and orcs, and your, your team was, like, all skeleton man or, like... Who made it? Uh, EA. And 
Okay. Electronic Arts. And um, basically, it was a sports game, but you're playing as monsters and, like, different, like, creatures. And you could tear off other players' limbs. You could kill them. You could blow them up with bombs and shit. So imagine playing, like, NHL, but when you check somebody, their head comes off and they die. And they're complete. Awesome. They're permanently off the other team. <laughs> like, it's... You could kill... You can kill a whole other team before you actually... Like, you could be losing the game, but kill the rest of the other team and still win. So it was, like, one of those games where it was, like, um, if you were like me and... You know, you're into sports, but not super into sports, or you had other friends that really weren't into sports, but you wanted to play a sports game. Mm -hmm. Those were like an easy sell to like kids that weren't into sports to like kind of get into a game like that. Um, you know, it's cool to go back to those things because those games, you know, you talk about simpler times. They were, they were simpler, but they were still fun. And, you know, to the point that I think everybody made, there was like a lot of complexity that made those games also a lot of fun too, as far as game design and, you know, immersion for, for that era. Like, you know, they're, they were really pushing the boundaries. And then when you look back to see how they far really we've come now, the boundaries of that hardware, it's, it's fucking bananas. And I think that's something that, you know, definitely helps. You know, when you're you're stoned and stuff is sometimes to like go back and enjoy a little bit of nostalgia and kind of like, you know, as adults, we have to do so many things out of obligation, duty and responsibility. It's kind of fun to like tap back into a time when your your uh, biggest worry was fucking duty, you know, you know, when's the next time you're going to go outside and play some hockey or like, you know, get with the boys or something. You know what I mean? I was just sitting, when I was sitting, I was hanging out with my sister and brother-in-law earlier today and uh, we were sitting by the pool and like, I went and go got, I went and got food and they they came out of the pool. My sister was like, there's something about like eating outside that's so summery. And I was like, nah, eating in a wet bathing suit, that's like vacation level, like a hundred. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, still wet bathing suit, eating something outside is, like, you're chilling. And especially, like, garbage food combinations. Oh, we had like, wings. And we had I, wings and fries from Hooters. Like, an ice-cold Yoo-Hoo with, like, an Oscar Mayer hot dog that was, like, cooked on the beach grill and shit. I would fucking love that right now. Fucking, all right, so we're going to go to 7-Eleven after this yeah. and get hot dogs and hot Yoo-Hoos. Dogs. Let's go. After this. So, um, the final thing that we wanted to talk about tonight was... Uh, you know, it's it's funny. We went from tragedy to like fucking stoner stories and video games. This, if you're talking about fucking an unbalanced episode, this is about as as fucking unbalanced as they come. Uh, this is the U arc. So this is where we start really high tension. We kind of go low, and then we fucking build it back up in the end. So um, on this U curve, finishing out the show, another Clinton associate um, has now been found dead. And this was somebody that was going to kind of uh, expose a little bit of the uh, dirty dealings that the uh, the Clintons have been up to. And we'll kind of walk you through this article real quick because this is news coming to us that we're sharing with you guys. And again, we're not the news. We're just some people on the Internet. Um, so you have this woman right here. And this is from anonymouswire.com. The Clinton body count has increased following the suspicious death of second Clinton associate who vowed to expose details about an elite pedophile ring involving Epstein and the Clintons. Ashley Haynes, 47, was drowned. 
in an Arkansas river <laughs> with an extension cord knotted to her ankle and attached to a concrete block. She'd just been seen months before visiting another Clinton advisor, um, Mark Middleton, whose body was discovered earlier this month hanging from a tree with the same style electrical cord wrapped around his neck and with a close-range shotgun blast through his chest. A stunned business media uh, associate who knew Middleton uh, is calling for an independent investigation into the suspicious death and told reporters that it's not a coincidence that Haynes had visited Clinton's now dead pal's office to discuss an urgent matter. So it sounds like some people are ready to start chirping to the authorities, especially, I'm sure, since Durham is going through the Sussman trial right now and, uh, you know, exposing more and more of the uh, the Clinton crime family syndicate um the durham trial has been pretty much silenced by mainstream media and uh it some crazy shit is is being discovered let's just put it there for now um so to quote nick diaz i ain't surprised motherfucker i mean this is kind of crazy guys so they found we found this woman in an Arkansas river with an extension cord tied to a fucking concrete block. I think I heard a country song like that. We <laughs> just saw her a few months ago on video. A few months ago. She was talking, talking about how she was, you know, soon going to expose the elites and the Clintons. And she was, you know. What was her name again? Ashley Haynes. I have it up on the screen for people following along on Rumble. Uh, but I heard she was about to compete in that uh, electrical cord cinder block swimming challenge. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. No, unfortunately, she didn't get the memo. The, Damn. This is yet another person. And, and here's something crazy. I, I actually pulled up a list, right? Well, this is from governmentslaves.news. So governmentslaves.news. So this has a list. This is the comprehensive Clinton body count list. You have James McDougal, Clinton's convicted whitewater partner, died of an apparent heart attack while in solitary confinement. He was a key star witness in Ken Starr's investigation. Um, You have Mary Mahoney, who was a White House intern who was murdered in 97 at a Starbucks. They strangled her on a cappuccino. This was right after she went public with her story of sexual harassment with the White House. Shocking. Vince Foster. Former White House counselor, colleague of Hillary Clinton at Little Rock's Rose Law Firm, died of a gunshot wound to the head, ruled a suicide. Ron Brown, who was a Secretary of Commerce and former DNC chairman, he was died by uh, he died in a plane crash. A plane crash. Plane crash. We smoked. So, so you guys know, we smoked three two gram joints during this show. So, the fact that I'm still sitting here on the fucking microphone that that is a testament to my will to expose the Clintons Plain and their, their dirty dealings. Um, with this dude, um, a pathological uh, pathologist close to the investigation reported that there was a hole in the top of his skull resembling a gunshot wound. Um, so, what a great way to hide the body by crashing the plane. So um, naturally forming hole in the skull. But I mean, what are this, you talking about? This list right here is at least 49, 50, 57 people long. And there's also some links down here as well where you can go and check out for yourself, you know, the validity of some of these claims. That's always the the fun thing with all of this international intrigue and shit is that you take everything with a grain of salt. But, I mean, a lot of people, like, dude, Epstein... 
Epstein died in his cell by hanging himself, you know, from something that's five feet tall. Like, these things don't make sense. It's all these people that are tied close he to the He hanged curtains. himself from, like, his bedpost. Like, it doesn't make sense. So, I mean... There's obviously an elite pedophile ring because so many people that become vocal about exposing it, they die. Like, you'd imagine if they were full of shit, you'd let them try to go prove it and then not have proof, and then everything falls apart, and then they're disparaged, you know, like... One of the European courts is bringing up charges against Kevin Spacey, finally. That's awesome. He's killed four people. I mean, allegedly. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, dude, he had four four different people, four men, different men have accused him of sexually like assaulting them. Not even like harass, like like that dude raped me, like in their guys, and all four of them are dead. Holy and shit! And then Kevin Spacey made a video that was like essentially he looks in the camera and he's like, "Fuck with me, you know what happens." And then he was like, "Oh, it was just a promo for something." I mean. The guy's a fucking Cold Stone murderer. That show House of Cards, I mean. Cold Stone murderer? Stone Cold. I'll I'll murder some Cold Stone after this, Cold Stone murderer. (laughs) So, um... I wish Dairy Queen... That's crazy about Kevin Spacey. I mean, but, like, there's obviously something wrong with the elites. There's something fucking really off. And, you know, Seth Rich, that, that kid from the DNC who defected and was going to out the weird shit that they were doing. Yep. Um, I mean, Clinton, like, it's come out that she fed false information to the FBI for the Russia hoax. Um, that's sedition. That Bill Barr just came out today, and Bill Barr is not Team Trump at all. Um, you could tell not that from the election Bill bullshit. Bill piece of shit. But Bill Barr even said that... His dad was a bigger piece of shit. For sure. They're, you know, they're, the establishment GOP is just as fucked up as the Democrats. Like, that's one of the things I think about, you know, being based. Being based isn't just becoming part of a monolith. It's like being based in truth. Like, if if someone sucks and they're going against the fucking based will of the people, you can suck a truth. fucking dick no matter what label you have next to your fucking name. Um... Do you think these people are ever going to see justice? Do you think that the Durham trials are actually going to get Hillary? Like, or do you think we're going to live to see a time to see these people actually pay for what they've done to the country and to to these fucking people that they've had murdered? I mm. hope so. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I hope so. I hope so. That's a great question. I was was thinking about this the other day. Of asking you guys, but yeah, it's yeah. It, like, do you think we'll see it in uh, our lifetime? On the topic, by the way, of uh, Mr. Barr and his dad <coughs> being a huge piece of shit, Donald Barr, William uh, Bill Barr's dad, dad, was the headmaster of the Dalton School from 1964 to 1974. During his time as Dalton's headmaster. Barr is alleged to have a role in hiring future financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein as a math teacher, despite the fact that Epstein, who graduated high school at 16 and had a scholarship to a college, failed to complete his degree and was only 21 years old. Massad, bro. And then, in 1973, Donald Barr published Space Relations, a science fiction novel about a planet ruled by oligarchs who engage in child sex slavery. 
And this is why we think lizard people occupy fucking the White, the White House, House and they fuck children. Um, there's Roddy Piper said something very interesting before he died. He was interviewed on. Uh, was it? It wasn't Alex Jones. It was somewhere, but he was on. He was on. He was on a conspiracy was, uh, podcast. And um, I'll try to dig it up and and provide a link to it, everybody. But Roddy Piper said they live was a documentary that they turned into a movie, and that it was really important for John Carpenter to make something that showed the real nature of reality. Now, because it was a sci-fi movie, people take it as just that. Oh, it's science fiction. But he said there's a type of being that looks and sounds just like you but their heart and their brain don't work the same as yours and he's like and these are these sociopaths that you see in positions of power and there's actually like a bloodline like a species and they they have infiltrated positions of power and they've used nepotism through you know centuries to put people in certain places and that's a pretty bold fucking statement to come from a dude like that because Roddy Piper has never been known as being like a fanciful, you know, creative, like someone to make up weird shit like that. Like he's never been that type of person. Like he's always been a straight shooter, you know, down to earth fucking guys guy. And for him to say some shit like that and for the interviewer to even be like, you're, 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 but you're kind of joking around. Right. And he's like, no, I'm not fucking joking. Like I'm being fucking for real with you. He's like, Bill Cooper was right. There's a reason they fucking killed Bill Cooper. <clears throat> and that's when the interviewer kind of like steered it in another direction. But I I do, man. I think that there's, whether or not they are some sort of alien species or something like that or whatever, like there's a type of person or a group of people who have very different ideas of what goodness is and what what is okay to do and those people do like the Clintons man like these people they're addicted to power and there's a lot of different ways to take power out on people when you think about like little kids getting raped that's about the most powerless situation you know and most powerful situation you could put yourself in as the rapist it's fucking insane so there, there must be some convenience for them to you know position it like all of these people that they had murdered uh were hung right because more often than not somebody's somebody's hung right so i mean can they hide marks you know from that or like what's what's the benefit of maybe it's symbolism maybe it's a it's a a way that they communicate like every serial killer has like a signature that they leave at the scene so maybe like if it's a murder from a certain at like you know a certain arm of the cabal like maybe one arm of the cabal does the fucking they they do the uh, extension cords. So one one order does hangings and another one just throws them off top of buildings or outside windows or or just like some sort does. of like calling cord like like yeah. the people that are hung up from places that you can't hang. Like that seems like indicative. Like uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain was another person who hung off of a fucking doorknob or some shit. But well, Robin Williams too. Like, so these are all people that, like, there's no way they could have hung themselves. There's no fucking way in the position, like, that they could have done this. So it's like, I wonder if, like, certain, like, because think of, like, mafia crime families, right? 
the mafia, you say the mafia and you think the mafia is this one thing. No, the mafia were separate families that all had different agendas. And they had peace between the families at times because they had some shared agendas that would make things better for all the families. And that's how I look at the New World Order. I don't think it's like the the Legion of Doom and everyone's under one roof. I think it's there's like there's groups, there's factions that they're part of the bigger whole, but like different factions have like a a, a calling card that sends comms to the other people that are in the know. Like oh shit, fucking Clinton's people fucking off that one. There was an extension cord, or there was like this is like like a fucking a handkerchief left at the fucking site of the murder, and every other murder that was tied to this person had a handkerchief at the site, like some shit like that. Cause they love, like they love to use symbolism and they love to hide this shit right in front of your face. That's one thing that they absolutely get off on is is putting in your face. I, I think it's like you know, funny enough, Kevin Spacey. The greatest trick the devil ever ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. So, you know that they they love to hide the truth in plain sight. True. I think we will see some form of justice in our lifetime. I do. Um, I think the cabal's more exposed than they ever have been. And I think it's become apparent with Biden's presidency and like inflation and gas prices and all the other bullshit that like something's very wrong. And I think it's very bizarre that Trump during the, the lead up to the election at the uh, debates said if this guy gets into office all these things are going to happen and everything he said would happen has come true every single thing that the guy said has happened the gas prices the inflation the recession um the going after your rights tax increases more um irs fucking surveillance um these are closing down the pipelines remember joe biden said that uh, in the debates i'm not going to shut down any pipelines he said it in the, in the debates and then the first thing he fucking did and trump said he would do all of this so it's like there's something i think that's going on that's driving things forward and i don't think it would be as exposed as it is if it wasn't meant to be exposed so it gives me hope that something good's happening it's just we're going through the painful transition of living in the vacuum of the narrative that's been promulgated by the mainstream media and by our trusted sources versus what's actually true. And I think that divorce of those realities is a painful process that we're all adjusting to. Agreed. Well said. Yeah. I mean, that's the best you're going to get out of me after fucking smoking. I'm fucking three, two grammars. I look like, uh, I look like I'm nodding out like a fucking night shift Uh 7-Eleven cashier on fentanyl. I'm on fucking fire today. I got a lot of fucking energy today. I don't know why. I was in the sun earlier and in the pool. Ah, there you go. You're you're sun drained. Soaking it in. You can see how burnt I am. I did sleep for twelve hours last night. You did. You like got some I did. Good sleep. I did shut down yeah. last night. Like the fucking robot went off. <laughs> I made cat food at five forty-five. Wow. But you know, one thing I, I can say to the viewers before we we rock and roll and jet and everything is, is that support good brands like Godzilla. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we we always love to to shout out um the other content creators that that we dig and stuff. So if you dug what we're into, there's other brands that are supportive of us and we're supportive of them. So Flawedzilla, Brad and Lex, Salty Cracker, Volcomics.com, Grand Old Memes, American AF, Rise Attire, and of course Sportsman's Guide. We love you all. Sportsman's Guide's a great place to go get a firearm. Um, don't let anybody tell you different. Fucking there's background checks, there's things in place to make sure the right people get their um weapons to defend themselves as per the second amendment and to support crazy mad lad savages like us um go to our store www.freshlybased.com use promo code fresh forever that's fresh the number four ever for 15 percent off site-wide we have a ton of fresh designs that will spark conversation and make normies spontaneously combust. No trigger warnings here. Zero to triggered in under 10 seconds. Garen fucking teed. So, um, you know, like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast. It's only going to get better with time. This is episode five. It'll be number two on what we actually put out there because fucking we're already pissing people off. I don't know how. I think that we're pretty innocuous. We're just some people talking and having a good time. Just hanging out. Just commenting on the world as it sits and speculating that. And then again, like, you know, when, when people, you know, they they flag you for, for uh, misinformation, we're speculating. <laughs> Fucking go fuck yourself. It's all speculative. Like, who knows what the fuck is really going on? All stories may be embellished and or completely false. (laughs) You never know. Truth is often stranger than fiction. Fiction. Um, Follow us on IG at Freshly Based Official and follow our backup at Freshly underscore based underscore podcast. That's our backup because they're coming for the official page. Our memes are definitely pissing people off. Follow us on Gab at Freshly Based Official. YouTube and Rumble. Definitely check us out there although youtube we're, we're going to be moving away from there so um if you are subbed on youtube go to rumble we really appreciate it and guys again fresh forevers that's 15 percent off and look um stop shooting up schools fucking let's let's get back to peace and love and fucking being part of one country enough of this shit guys um you know we uh we have the potential to be so much better than what we are. And it starts with being good people. It starts with tending your own garden and that's what it comes down to. So take care of yourselves out there, be good people, do the righteous thing, stand up for what's right. Don't be afraid to speak your mind and speak your heart. Don't let people silence you. Don't be afraid of reprisal. Say what you got to say, motherfucker. That's all you can do, right? Shoot your shot. We love you all. Thank you so much for spending time with us. This is Joey D, Shanna, B Frank, BK, Mostly Peaceful Podcast, over and out. Have a great night, everybody. Killer.